In this session, you'll learn how to work with resistance that naturally arises when you engage in the transformational practices. You're going to learn about the art of investigation in the felt sense or the feeling tone of the body. You're going to learn how to work with strong sensations or, or physical pain and how to work with emotional pain as well. And also, we're going to explore how to develop your capacity for non-judging presence. There's a classic teaching story, which kind of sums up the whole inquiry we're going to be exploring here. It's a story about a woman meditating in her cave in the Himalayas. As she's meditating, she's visited by three horrible demons. They enter the cave, they're swirling around, horrible sounds and images, and very calmly, very quietly, she gets up and starts building a little fire. She's so non-reactive that the demons get a little bit ticked off, so they amplify it a little bit. Again, horrible sounds, images. And very quietly, very calmly, she fills up a little tea kettle and puts that over the fire. Now this enrages the demons, so they throw everything they've got at her, the worst stuff you can imagine. And very calmly, she puts out these three little teacups. And finally, the demons give up. And they say, what is going on? We are your three worst nightmares, your three deepest wounds. And here you are building this little fire, putting out this little tea kettle, putting out these teacups. What gives? And she says, well, you've been here before. You'll be here again. So in the meantime, what kind of tea would you like? To me, this is the practice. We each have our painful memories. We each have in our own way a perception of what's between us and feeling free. And the question becomes, can we have tea with those experiences, those memories, those energies as they arise? And how do you have tea with them? There's a formula that's very helpful to remember, and that is that P times R equals S. Pain times resistance equals suffering. You can have just a little bit of pain, a little bit of irritation, but have a lot of resistance. You're going to have a lot of suffering. At the same time, you can have a fair degree of pain in your body, but minimal resistance, and you'll have minimal suffering. The pain is there. The pain is mandatory, but the suffering is somewhat optional. So let's talk a little bit and explore how to work with resistance. One of the ways you can think of resistance is riding a wave. Everything's going along just fine. And then there's some kind of internal clench. There's some sense that there's something wrong, either something wrong with you or something externally, and you begin to feel an inner tension begin to build. That tension begins to rise, begins to get stronger, and inevitably, we start resisting on some level. There's some classic forms of, of resistance that were codified by the Buddha 2,500 years ago. I find when I'm teaching in corporate settings that it's a very effective way to talk about how you react when things aren't going your way. One category of resistance is aversion. All the different flavors of aversion, of anger, judgment, ill will, and blame. Another form of resistance are all the different categories and qualities of craving, of wanting, of fantasy, of planning, 
anything to sort of disassociate from what's going on. Another classic way we move into resistance is through anxiety and worry. When you're on that hamster wheel of obsessive thinking and feeling that chronic sense of endless worry without resolution. A fourth way that we move into resistance is what's called sloth and torpor, which sounds kind of like the name of a law firm. But sloth and torpor has to do with just losing energy, finding yourself sort of spiraling down into a depressive state. As the saying goes, when the going gets tough, some people take naps. The fourth category has to do with doubt. It's getting paralyzed by that sense of of self-criticism. So these classic states of aversion, craving, anxiety and worry, sloth and torpor, of doubt and self-criticism. When you feel that wave beginning to rise, we jump off the wave by jumping into one of those states. Now the question becomes, how do you stay on the wave? Because oftentimes what happens with physical pain or with emotional pain There'll be a crest to that wave. And on the other side of that wave, and we've all experienced this, maybe after a cry or after just really naming and recognizing what's there, there can be a sense of release, a sense of relaxation. Sometimes there's a cognitive insight, a sense of how you've been holding on to something that you no longer have to hold on to. But oftentimes, it's just a sense that something just kind of moved through your system. And the question becomes, how can we stay on the wave? How can we stay with the resistance as it naturally arises? These processes that we'll be jumping into help us to recognize what happens when we find ourselves caught in reaction. There is a classic trauma response. And I think of trauma as a combination of two things, a sense of feeling fear and feeling helpless. And this is not about working with the big trauma. But when we feel fear, when we feel helplessness, there are three classic states we move into. One is a sense of fight, of moving into into aggression. The second is a state of flight, of disassociation. The third is freeze, of just sort of locking up inside. As we talk about this acronym of RAIN, of recognizing, of allowing, of investigating, of not identifying with your experience, it's important to point out here that if you recognize something arising that feels very strong, maybe a little scary, maybe a little overwhelming, and it's time to explore if you can allow it, sometimes you can't. Sometimes the most strategic thing you can do is to let this know you see it and to strategically withdraw. Shift your attention in some way. Go for a walk. Have a cup of tea. Let it know you see it, though. And another time, perhaps when the conditions are more conducive, you might be able to work with it. You might not have the energy to be with it or the concentration or the mindfulness to be with it in that moment. For myself, I've often worked with lots of resistance in relationship to physical pain particularly when I'm caught in a really bad migraine. Migraine headaches for me can be quite crippling. 
and quite overwhelming. And naturally, I find myself caught in obsessing as to how I can make it go away, what did I do to deserve this, etc., etc., etc. But I found a strategy, which we're going to explore in a little more detail, that has been very, very helpful for me. When I'm lying down with a headache, and oftentimes I really can't think, I can't see very well, I tend to notice that my mind will obsess on the pain itself. And I learn to train my attention to focus on a place in my body where I don't feel the pain. Oftentimes I'll focus on my hands, just feel my hands. If it's really bad, I might focus on the tip of my nose or my earlobes. And what I realize eventually, and it's always a surprise because that pain can be so overwhelming, is I realize that 94% of my body actually feels okay. 6% of my body is on fire and completely freaking out. But if I can remember and feel that 94% that either feels neutral or maybe even pleasant, it allows me to be with it. This doesn't mean that the pain goes away through recognizing that, but it means I don't have to fight it as much. We'll explore more through a meditation as to how you can find a resource state, a way that you can be with or tolerate what's challenging for you, whether it be physical pain, whether it be emotional distress, or a time when you might find yourself mentally distressed as well. This great teacher, as I said before, says that the highest state is self-observation without judgment, self-observation without criticism. How do we do that? How can we bring ourselves to a state where we can observe without criticism and maybe even touch into a sense of compassion for ourselves? Learning how to establish a resource state can be a very helpful way to access presence. There are a number of ways to do this. On a purely mental and emotional level, it can be helpful to reflect on a place where you feel safe, a place that you love, those who make you feel good, a friend, a pet, an ancestor, a place in nature, a a wise teacher, a tradition. And this is a challenge for each of us because you have to figure out the wiring that works for you. If you use a memory or create some mental images, the most important thing is that you connect it with a felt sense, that you connect it with an embodied experience of what that feels like inside. As you rest your attention in that place that feels safe, that feels strong, it can give you a sense that you can be with the challenges as they arise. Another way to approach this is to to move viscerally to a physical place that feels safe and strong. It might be the feeling of your feet on the floor. It might be returning again and again to the experience of your hands. Some people have found it really helpful at times, particularly when there is a strong sense of challenge, if you bring your attention to the tip of the nose or the earlobes where there's less sensation. 